Hi there, we're here with a special episode that we're recording with Aaron Connolly. Hi Aaron. Hi Claire, how are you doing? And Thanks for having me. And we've also got Paul Carlin here for a chat. Evening. Evening, nice to see you. Great to be here. It's great <laughs> to have Aaron back. So we, Aaron and I did a podcast about two and a half years ago together and yep. it was a brilliant episode. We talked about like mental health, we talked about homophobia and football, but also we just talked about Celtic. Yeah. Um, a lot's I'm, happened since then. Yeah, I'm sure we'll cover a lot of that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um... Aaron, since we last saw you, a lot's changed with Celtic. Yes, a lot has changed. Are you enjoying this this uh, era of Celtic? I mean, I think it's hard to be critical of the season overall when you take a step back. I mean, I won't focus too much on what happened on the 29th of December because we can get a bit hyper about it. But <laughs> Still raging, <by laughs> I know, I know. But I think when you take a step back, I mean, from Lennon being appointed and the uproar of him being appointed in a shower by Peter Law, you know, and the lack of apparent leadership that showed at the club at the time I think in fairness to him he's stepped into the breach fairly well he's probably dealt with a difficult situation at the end of last season but brought home the two trophies he had to we've won the first trophy this season albeit probably undeserved on the day but um, it's hard to be critical I, I suspect it's going to be an interesting end to the season it's going to be nip and tuck I would say are you nervous because <laughs> I am I, I'm I nervous. really am <laughs> I am nervous I, I'm absolutely nervous but I'm also at a point where I mean we can panic about it and we can obviously all this fling money at it do this and that I'm not sure that guarantees any more success than what we're doing right now so I, I, I'm excited about it but I'm also really nervous and if, if 55 happens anytime soon I will be going down under for a few months and uh, deleting all social media well make make room for the rest of us <laughs> Everyone's just going to go silent. <laughs> um, so we're here. Um, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about is the walk and talk, which yep. is an event that you've got coming up in the not too distant future. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that in terms of when it is and what it is? Yeah, so the walk and talk is an event we are doing. So Celtic play Hamilton on the 2nd of February and we are walking from Celtic Park to Hamilton Ackies, the Fountain of Youth Stadium, I think it's called. Now it changes name every year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll be leaving Celtic Park around eight in the morning and then walking, the, it's around eight and a half miles in total to walk it. Okay. And the reason behind it is uh, it's fairly well documented, well known, like the issues I've had with mental health, um, with depression and anxiety. 2019 was a particularly difficult year for me and I just decided that I wanted to do something different and do, make a change and you know myself and Shuvel and my wife have come up with a couple of initiatives that we've taken to the club uh, and the foundation have picked up on the walk and talk and it's it's a great way to get people out yeah it's a it's a great way to get people talking like walking uh-huh. along talking uh-huh. creating friendships raising awareness raising awareness of what are pretty harrowing statistics within mental health you know every time I look it seems to be getting worse unfortunately and and I just think that I have an opportunity now in my life, you know, with the platform I've got on social media and stuff and talking yeah. so openly about it. I have an opportunity to try and make a difference to people's lives and to help people. And the walking talk's fantastic for that. I think. Have you done one already? Or, yeah. yeah, so I I took part in one on New Year's Eve. So the the idea or the concept for me came from a, a guy, Lee Adams, I connected with online. Um, and Lee's a Fulham fan who walks to some away games. So Lee... I mean, he challenges himself incredibly, but he walked film to Birmingham once, which is like over 100 wow. miles. Um, <laughs> he's done film to Reading five times, I think, so that's like 200 miles of walking. But mainly connected online, he's got a similar story to me, you know, okay. suicide attempts and things like that. And his way of trying to 
give back and help others was to get them out and get them walking. Um, so we walked 43 miles on New Year's Eve. It took 16 and a half hours overnight. And Amazing. I think it's, it was just such a rewarding experience because it's like a little condensed version of life. So you're, mm-hmm. you have amazing highs where everyone's high and everyone's like loving it and going through it and everyone's laughing and joking. And you see points where people are starting to taper off and maybe struggling like physically, maybe struggling mentally. Mm-hmm. And what will happen is you give them a little minute alone, but then if they say, oh, by the way, my knee's a bit sore, or oh, I'm struggling with this, it's, it's dark, it's it's wet, it's windy, you know, people rally around them. And I think that's just a really nice anecdote to life, that if you're struggling and you have the ability to talk about it, like people will get around you, people will try and support you, and they'll be compassionate. So you have the opportunity to do that in such a little condensed environment. So we wanted to bring that north almost and say to the club, like, I think we can get Celtic fans behind this, I think we can get fans out and we can get them walking, talking together. We can use basically the club badge to push it. So we're taking on a smaller one first, uh, the eight and a half mile one, and that'll be a nice tester for us just to see how it goes down. Yeah. Have you got lots of people signed up? And yeah. So we've, as of today, we have 72 people, which is probably Amazing. more than that's we imagined we would yeah. get. Yeah. Um, that's so that's going to be quite a, a chunk of people walking, uh, which is fantastic. And I think that, again, that, that just shows how much support and how much people care about this. And, uh, yeah. you know... Uh, Especially while the weather's like this and it's cold and it's dark. I mean, it's like, I think we've raised nearly £1,000 as well. And just after Christmas coming into the new year, it's a really difficult time of year to even try and ask people for money. But I think that just shows, firstly, the support we have. But again, it's what the club's all about, right? So the club's founded on that charitable ethos. And to have the opportunity to work directly with a club that I love and, and work to promote something that I'm so heavily involved in and something that means so much to me because of my struggles, like... To marry all that together along with, you know, my wife being involved, it's just a really fantastic opportunity to me and I can't wait to do it. Yeah. What's the what's the sort of vibe on the walks? Like what sort of people do it and what do you talk about when you're like, when you were down I mean, south I th- last When I was down south there was eight of us that done it and uh, it, it was just sharing experiences and most people everyone who'd done it when we'd done it down south had all had been exposed to poor mental health or mental illness at some point so there's a girl who'd lost her best friend to suicide she sort of spoke about that how that's impacted her life obviously I've had the suicide attempt last year in the stay in hospital there was a couple of guys who have bipolar and have had hospital stays one of them had you know a stay in a mental health unit 30 years ago like hearing how how drastically different it is now and how he was like putting a straight jacket and chucked in a room like Awful. Hearing how it's changed for him over the thirty years and how society's changing, like was really heartwarming, and mm. and how it, that's uplifted him and helped him and made him want to speak and help other people. So it was just great to hear the experiences. Like I love connecting with people, and I never thought that when I was fifteen or sixteen, I was a massive anxiety issues, totally introverted. In fact, probably up until twenty three, twenty four. But I've found now that I love connecting. I love getting out and speaking to people and hearing what they're doing and. You can learn so much just by listening to people's experience and sort of educating. So that's what we experienced down south. Obviously, with 70 people, I'm going to struggle to get around everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got eight hours. So like, what's, what's eight hours of by I think, I think what we'll see is people form little groups. People will form groups with like-minded people. People form groups with those who yeah. are naturally attracted to what they're spe- well speaking and they'll hear conversations and they'll dip in and out of it. And people it'll be going really at good. the right pace for each mm-hmm. other and stuff like that. And like I say, if people... Like, people the pace things massively if people are tailing off others will wait for them and go and walk with them so I think it's just a really great way to get people together in a group and walk for a cause almost um, and we'll donate the money to the foundation and the foundation are going to use that to develop their own project called You Never Talk Alone and yeah. and that project's aimed at tackling loneliness and it's got a really catchy 
Line I was going to say, yeah, yeah all the, I think the names of all these are, are the, what are some of my favourite things about it. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Um, are you are you planning to take in the game, or do you think you, are you going to plan to get to... Um... I mean, unfortunately, it's very difficult to get tickets for sale to your way. So, <laughs> if you sign up for the walk, I can't promise you a ticket. But, I, I, personally, I'll take in the game, um, and a few others who have signed up are going to the game also. Um, so, that would be good as well. I'm also, we've well, spoken to Hamilton Nahis as well about putting out to their fans and getting their fans involved because I think the one thing about this is I know we're doing it for the Celtic Foundation and it's going to be mainly Celtic fans who turn out but mental health has no colours man like uh, the people I speak to in life it could be anyone I don't care about football team you support it's, this is just one of my loves and one of the loves of my life that I want to bring it into but um, I think I would implore anyone who just if you feel like it's something you're interested in doing just come along and join us and get a feel for it yeah, we'll put like all it. the um, details about it on Twitter when, Absolutely, we, thank when you. we post about this so people can follow the links to that and folk can donate as well even if they're yeah. not walking is that right? yeah so there is donation there's a donation page set up for the group and there's some people who are fundraising themselves again the, like I say the money's going to a fantastic cause it's going to allow the foundation to, to build on their project called You'll Never Talk Alone to Tackle and that's ta- aimed at tackling loneliness and I went to the launch night of that and it was great like sat next to a woman who was in her late 70s and lost her husband a year previously and that was probably and she was saying that's probably the first night out she'd had and just to you know loneliness hits everyone in society at some point I mean from my perspective when I'm not feeling so good the first thing I do is exclude myself from mm. my friend group and my peers and stuff and then that's when the loneliness will come so it's a really great project and it's it's something that is probably close to my heart because of what I've experienced and because of what I had with little Jean that night. Well, she just seemed to have the night of her life a year after losing her husband and being in the house for the whole time. So we were more than happy to try and back it. Yeah. And it's that thing we were, you were talking about a little bit earlier and I used to work for a charity that did a similar thing with older people and it's that thing of get the first step of getting out. And yeah. For, so for people to sort of be encouraged that these are really safe spaces and 100%. that they can come along and... Um, you know, it might seem really daunting, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, we I see it like I say from my own experience. If I'm if I'm struggling with any sort of anxiety or I'm feeling a bit low mood or things like that, the first thing I do is just I, I pull myself back from everything and I pull away from my social. I pull away from my football. I think I spoke about it last time when I feigned injury and stuff when I was first sort of struggling with this stuff. So loneliness plays a massive part in people who are having poor mental health, and I think if the foundation or you setting up something to tackle it, then I'm right behind that and it's fantastic that they have agreed with the outcomes committee that the money we raise will go towards that. Yeah, that's great. And like talking, so there's the walk, there's that initiative, but also you've, your big thing that you're doing at the moment that's taking a lot yeah. of your time is time to tackle. Yeah, it's, my, it's my baby. It's, uh, <laughs> Which it's, lots of people listening to this will probably have heard about. Yes, it's my baby. It's, um, and it, football is my first love. Celtic or my second, my wife's my third. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, someone's in trouble when yep. they get home she, the night. Nah, she, she, she was she, gonna be here. And I know, nah, <laughs> she, knows, she knows I'm joking, but nah, football's always football's my first love. Like uh, I've played football my whole life. Um it's brought us difficulties, there's absolutely no doubt when it didn't pan out how I hoped, like it was tough, but it's always been there. It's been the only mm-hmm. constant in my life. So I've the idea of time attack has been in my mind since God knows when. It's okay. just that we've now delivered on it. Um and it's about using football for good for, and people who like other sports will say sport is the only way you can do this but football gets people together like nothing I've experienced whether it be you go and watch a game with your friends or whether it be you come and play or you play in a team or whatever 
It's got there's a camaraderie and a community feel that you can't create easily with anything else other than probably sports. I'm not interested in any other sports, but I'd imagine rugby etc. will have the same feel for people who like it. So for me, it was about using football for good, mm-hmm. taking all the shit out of football, all the nonsense out of it, like all of the tribalism, and and I know all that comes in all the as a player team, you support team. I don't like you. Take all that out. Take the performance aspect of it out. I don't care if you're good or you're not good. Take the results out of it. Just come along and enjoy playing football for what it is. Because there's nothing like it. I, I've I've not found anything that can recreate scoring a goal, and I might score in front of a man and a dog, but I'll celebrate it like there's four thousand there. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And that, it's that feeling that I want to give people that escape that we're trying to give people that ability to come along and just smile and just yeah. enjoy it and just run about. And it's great for your physical health. It's great yeah. for your mental health. It's also great because you'll meet people who are very similar. Yeah. And for us, you know, we've tried to be a bit unique and say. We don't just want to give you the hour of football, we want to take you in a room afterwards and then, by the way, see if you do have stuff going on or you are struggling, you are feeling a bit low or you are a bit anxious, then there's a room full of people who will beat your corner or who will be in your corner yeah. who will beat your back because we've all been there at some point. We're all at different points in our journey now but remember where you were and we're here to help. How have sessions been like so far? Are people... like? Do, do some people maybe find it hard to come that first time? Does it take maybe a couple yeah, of but get You get a lot of that. I mean, if... If you've suffered from anxiety and stuff, you'll understand. Like, it's not easy to just get up and go and say, yeah. "Oh, by the way, I'm going to go to this tonight." Like, people yeah. show a huge interest in it, but it takes sometimes just takes a little while to get them to warm up. You have to you have to get them to trust me and to trust mm-hmm. what the group's trying to do and stuff. So, we have the aspect that it maybe takes a couple of weeks to get them along. But I mean, I've not had touch with it doesn't happen. But I've not had any negative feedback. Everyone seems to love it. Um, and that's just fantastic for us and it's allow, it's going to allow us to operate in other areas and to really yeah. try and grow it. And first and foremost, when it, it helps me and shove on more than people will even understand. People thank me and thank her for helping them, but they help us more than they know. Wow. That's, that's a lovely thing, it really is. Um, and and do people, like, do you spend an hour like, in changing rooms or do you go for a coffee or a chat? No, so we, we've got a room booked. Um, so ironically or weirdly started a, a soup club so one of the guys who doesn't play football um, started bringing soup right and then people started requesting that we make certain soups and bring <laughs> <laughs> hey there's nothing better after a game of fives right but yeah, my, we launched this late so is there like a soup rotor now uh, no, it's just well it's me and Siobhan and Paul the guy who, who brings it so we, but we just change it up every, I mean we started this group end of October into November it was cold outside so yeah. soup was a fantastic addition <laughs> Um, and we've tried different soups and again that's just that thing you know, if you get a community of people together like people take shot people bring their own biscuits or bring a biscuit that they want to eat and stuff like that but that's just what people will do if, if someone the other week brought bananas but people will bring in people will come and support and most people in life if you've got something going on and you talk about it most people are compassionate and supporting and will try and help you our group just allows us to bring those people together and to all help each other out and it's just, I mean, like, I'm sure you can see it in my face when I talk about it, but I love it. Like, I absolutely love going. I look forward to every Wednesday. And what it does for me is that I play junior football and I have done for a long time, but football for me has always been performance, performance, performance. Yeah. That is now gone. Mm. I just go and, like, muck about for an hour and mm. smile and laugh and play football because I love playing football. Not to try and win a game, not yeah. to try and score or not, nothing like that. It's just about purely enjoying it. And you were just mentioning that you've, you're starting other groups. You've got, have you got a new... One starting in yep. Edinburgh soon. So we start in Edinburgh on the 27th. Um, again, we're starting out with Sp- so Spartans have given us facilities there, which is amazing. Cool. Um, that gives us, again, somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. We can 
Target is another big city. Uh, I work in Edinburgh, so I know people through my work and stuff who've had issues and I've become the mental health guy in the office, but because I've spoken openly about it, but I love that. Like, I love speaking to people and hearing their experience because I don't know I don't know what bipolar feels like, but I love to hear the stories of it and how people cope with it. Yeah. And, and, like, personality disorders, things like that. Like, it's, it really interests me. So I know there's people in my work who will benefit from it. And there's a girl who comes to her and she won't mind me giving her a shout-out, even if she does support the other side of Glasgow. But <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, Tara comes from... Muscle brand in Edinburgh through to Glasgow and has done since we launched. So she's driving four hours round trip every Wednesday to be with us. And she'll continue to do that even though we're launching in Edinburgh because that's just the type of person she is. But to think that a a little group we created in the south side of Glasgow, Rooking Glen, and then took into the city, like, could reach that far initially, like, three months in, is just unbelievable to me. It's mind blowing. But it just sort of makes us think, like, how far can we take us? How many people can we impact and reach? Mm. Sky's the limit. Probably is. Yeah, I think it's great. It's lovely seeing it grow from a distance as well, Mm. just on social media. Um, How can folk find out about uh, Time to Tackle? Yeah, so we've got a Facebook group, um, and we're on Twitter, at Time to Tackle. There is website and stuff will be coming in the future, and we are beginning your charity registration now so that will allow us to grow even further hopefully um, and also my Twitter aconnelly91 um, like you'll find us somewhere if you if you search it on any social media you'll find it um, and then it's just about I mean just turn up we're on 7 till 9 every Wednesday at Glasgow Green Football Centre if you feel mm-hmm. like it will help how you how many people honestly, are you getting at the moment as part of that group um, so last week we had 24 this week we are looking at Looking at the numbers that's coming in today, we might have close to 30, but about 23, 24 playing. We have people who come who don't play, who just come to oh, be involved good. in something, because I think that's it, and specifically with the loneliness aspect, like if you have somewhere where you can go and be involved in something, you'll go, and you, if you enjoy it, you'll continue to go, and you'll bring friends, and yeah. all of a sudden, if you're feeling a bit down, you'll be like, oh, I've got that on Wednesday night, so I'm looking forward yeah. to that, and it can just it can change things, like mental health it's great so many people are speaking about it but I think we're all talking about the crisis parts of it and we're all out there saying oh let's prevent suicide and yes I'm massively about that because I've been so close to it but I think there's a lot of it that's just if there's just something that you have just a little Hmm. purpose something a little bit different we all get down in life like I've got a four year old kid he's hard work sometimes I need to get away from it do you know what I mean like my wife Siobhan will feel the same she works 12 and a half hour shifts three or four times a week sometimes she just needs a break that's part of life. If we can give people just that little break, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at the difference it can make. Yeah. And this is open to everyone, uh, regardless of age, ability, gender. Absolutely. So I'm a massive on that, by the way. Like the whole, like Tara's the only female who currently comes along and plays. There's other females who've expressed interest, but please come along. Like it's a pet hate of mine, and it might sound harsh, but when people bang on about male suicides or male mental health, like why we just saying that it's only a male problem because yeah. I know through my experiences and through who I've spoken to like females suffer too everyone is susceptible to this so let's not it's about inclusivity for us like let's not block anyone because of their gender or anything like that like I'm massive on it and I love the fact and that's why we love the fact that Tara comes all the way through from Edinburgh that's why we put her in front of the cameras it was like mm. th- this is what we're about this is what we want to this is the, the target audience we want to get is literally anyone with any ability mm. So yeah, any ability is key as well, isn't it? Like, I think so, saying, because it's fun, yeah. right? It's just about fun. Yeah. I, I've had people who come and say, oh, I'm really worried and I'm not sure, I've not played football in years. And I'm like, come, you'll, I promise you'll love it. And I'll tell you, it's a really lovely story about this. And 
there's a guy, George, and George is fairly open on his social media about his struggles. He's uh, hadn't played football, I think, eight or nine months, um, and he'd, he'd put on a lot of weight. I think maybe I think he said he was twenty stone when he came to our group. Um, so he started coming, and we recently played an eleven aside charity match. So we George came on, took a little rest, came back on with ten minutes to go. And George is a big guy, and I I can totally see why he'd be he would be anxious about that, why he would feel like people are looking at him, whatever. He scores with like a few minutes to go, and he puts the top <laughs> over the head, and he's running about the top of the head. And I'm just like, that's the moments I do this for, like yeah, that guy who yeah. I know, and he's spoken openly about like having struggles with his body and how he feels. Yeah. But because he's had that impact of scoring in a game, and it felt like it meant something, all that anxiety left him. Everything left him for that moment, and that's what football gives you. That's the escapism it gives you. Yeah. It's everything that he's worried about. Probably that whole match and the whole lead up to that match went in that second because yeah. of what happened. Yeah. yeah. And he'll remember that forever, eh? But I swear the other team, the, the other team, when they like celebrating him, like that's how good a moment this was. Like we have all <laughs> ran over to him, and the team are playing against like a few of them have nearly ran. But it was just one of those moments that you just look. And I even think sometimes you get emotional where you just like go, that's why you do this. Like that, yeah. that's that's what football can give you. That's something you can't you can't replicate that way anything else. And do you think like you just talk about how it's kind of brought a bit of the fun back for you in terms of Massive, the enjoyment and yeah. like your own obviously out with the projects that you're running now, your football, is that kind of had an impact on that in any way? I mean I think I I think coming out of hospital, you know, sort of giving me that back anyway, so I'll very quickly do a synopsis of it but you know I was promising as a young player didn't really work out I then spent the whole of my 20s beating myself up for that and thinking I have not done this well enough I'm not good enough mm-hmm. and that sort of over and over and over again and then you know having come out of hospital I just sort of changed but I just went you know what I'm just going to enjoy football again and what yeah. will happen will okay. happen yeah. and take me tackles just a, it's another version of me being able to come do that come out of that really just, yeah. so it's just about it's fun like playing with a smile it's like the greatest game in the world if you go and enjoy it yeah. and you go play it with a smile or you go watch Celtic <laughs> <laughs> except on the 29th of December maybe 2019 yeah. um it's a great thing, Aaron. It's just it's so inspiring, and it's it's so nice to hear that this is something that exists. And the fact that you're expanding to Edinburgh is great as well. And again, like the sky really does seem to the limit for it. Um, uh, the, you, you talk a lot about people talking about mental health and how it's a lot easier, I think, for people to talk about. Like, do, do you see? Have you seen a difference in the in the past couple of years? A hundred percent. I think we've seen a societal shift, right? Where it's a lot more accepted that you can be honest about it. I think, though, my real worry with everyone talking about it is that there's still people out there who feel like they can't, and I, and I worry sometimes that we're making the stigma worse because we're making it so easy, to, or it's perceived to be so easy to talk that if people can't talk, like they start to think, well, am I not good enough? And So I do worry about that aspect of it, and while I implore you to talk, if, you, if you're feeling down or you're struggling with something, like talk to someone you trust. You don't mm. have to jump on your Twitter or jump on your Facebook and yeah. share it with the world. Like That's not what we're saying. And So I do worry about that aspect of it. Sometimes I'm not, it's maybe not becoming sensationalised, but there is a bit of it that's just a little bit... Sometimes it does just feel a little bit not genuine. And that that, that panics me because I know of people who don't want to share their, their story with the world. Yeah. And there's parts of my story I won't ever share. Really. It's not like I'm not being totally transparent all the time. Like I'll tell you a lot of it, but there's stuff that just need to stay personal. That's just part yeah. of life. So I do worry that, you know, little Joe is in his house and he doesn't feel like he can talk and he doesn't feel like he has anywhere to turn and he sees everyone mm. talking and he starts to think, am I not good enough? Mm. So I think some, we just, Sometimes the actual 
the idea of going straight in and talking about your mental health is a, is a too big of a step for people, isn't 100%. it? Hundred percent. And I think we just need to be careful when we're all when we're all jumping on things like that. And I've been in the past. I've been guilty of it. And it's just through my own experience now when I'm saying like, just be careful about pushing that message mm. too much. Like sometimes it's just good to listen to people and, yeah. and, and give people the opportunity to talk in a safe place and yeah. let's remove all the judgment. Like social media and stuff can be a toxic place. So. People talk about things like it's just talking to people and that thing where you go for a walk with them so they're not having to look at your... So that's where the walk and talk thing came from. And, okay. and, and that's what made me love it so much is it's even you walk alongside someone or even drive you know when you're not you'll be amazed what you can get out of them versus if you sit and look across them at a table because they'll they'll start to shut off and i've had it when i first came out of hospital i mean you guys all follow me into it but you'd have seen how much work i was doing trying to help people back then i probably jumped in head first far too soon but i would meet people for coffees and i'd be like i can't get in out of them and then i'd be like go a walk and it'd be totally different i think it's that's a really key thing it's just like and it's about trusting like don't just go and talk to anyone for talking sake like Make yeah. sure you trust the person. A lot of this is yeah. really personal. A lot of this is really traumatic and tough to speak about. Yeah, I'm not saying stick a massive post on Facebook and wait for everyone to come in with a wading comments about it. I think it that's and, really important, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Like what is being vulnerable isn't just putting it all out there yeah. straight away. 100%. I think I, it's just talk about it, but talk to someone, talk in a safe environment. Make sure the person you're talking to you trust. And if and if you still struggle with that, then go to a doctor, go like seek professional help it's which is also why yeah why doing activities as well so obviously what you're doing with football and i'm sure there are other things out there for people where it's an activity so you're not explicitly going yeah to talk about what your issues are you're going to play football so yeah i like, think that's i mean you know, there's an activity we've tried to be careful with that so we call it football therapy is like a hashtag and yeah. that's more the the football aspect of it but we've tried yeah. to steer it away from it's a support group because i think you lose yeah. people from that and I, we're not going to bring you in a room sit you down and say what's your problem we're going to cure it for you that, that's not what it is it's like the opportunity is there if you feel comfortable and you want to share but I, there's absolutely no pressure on anyone and that's just my worry with the whole mental health thing like you're saying paul like yes it's a lot more easy it's, it's a lot easier to talk but i just worry that there are still people getting missed and going through the net and we may just be creating a stigma where if you yeah. can't talk, there's something wrong with you. Of and course. It, it's not like a one-size-fits-all approach. There's no. got to be lots of different ways yeah. that people can kind of access help, I guess. 100%. Yeah. And if, just curious for you as a voice of experience, um, for if, say, someone like me or Claire or, or, or someone we knew someone who we, we thought was having a bad time, how would you advise us to approach them? Because you don't want to go in like a battering ram and go... Yeah you don't seem right, uh, what's wrong with you? I want to help you because yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's just the worst possible thing. Yeah, I mean, do. for me, it's about like trying to ask open-ended questions. So it's like, how are you? And then, I mean, you can, often your gut tells you, right? We, often we know if it's someone we know fairly well. Yeah. Our gut will tell us something. And and then reaffirming the question, like, how are you actually? One but, of the questions I heard the other day that's helpful is like, how are you today? Yeah. It was right. actually in terms of grief, but like, yeah. How are you can feel too big for people. So like, how are you doing like now? Yeah. How are you doing today? Yeah, and that allows them to think about just in that moment rather than mm. think because what people can then do and what we see sometimes is they'll say, oh, I've been good for the last week. But mm. it's not focused on what, where you are right now. Yeah. I think it's, it's about trying to take all the judgment out of what out, out of it and just trying to be open-ended and try and just give them the opportunity. But I can't force someone to tell me I can give them opportunity. And I think... That's really key for people out there who maybe do talk openly about their mental health and like be aware of your own limitations as well. I've done it. I've been there where 
when I first came out of hospital in, in June time and I'd spoken really openly and lots of people were getting in touch with me like looking for help. That's fantastic that they were strong enough and courageous enough to do that. But if you're not right yourself and you're not performing your own self-care, mm. like you can't help others, like signpost them to professional help if you need to. Yeah, the, your own self-care is a really important one. I had a friend who was having a really difficult time about a year ago and it was something for me that I really learned because I, I, I went and visited a couple of times and then came back and said, I can't go again. She, you know, she wanted me to come back tomorrow. And I was like, I, I can't go just for my own. You know, I'll go back in a few days. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, I think I had to learn that the hard way. Like, just with, I just couldn't give some people what they needed from me because I'm not a professional at the end of the day. Mm. So I can listen, I can share experiences, but like there's professionals out there far more coped than me to deal with it. And that's just a little, not a warning, but for people who are in my position who want to talk openly about their own struggles, just be aware of what, you, what your limitations yeah. are. Don't be trying to save the world because unfortunately we can't. Yeah. I guess one of the other questions that I'm kind of thinking about while we're chatting is like, obviously you play junior football, don't you? So like in in that in those circles and in the sort of more people who are playing professional football, semi-professional football, how has all the activity that you've been getting involved in been received? It's, and, you know, are there issues that you sort of perceive that are problems or yeah, I mean, I things think, that are being done that are great or... I think we're still trying to break down the macho man image, right? And I don't know if we'll ever break that down within football. I don't know if that'll ever go, but I think we need to at least try. Like from a personal perspective, I've been received very well. Like within the club I'm at, Fold House have been fantastic with me. Um, previous clubs have been fantastic with me when I've spoken about it. So, and players and like a lot of players and stuff will come and speak to me now. And the boy, our changing room is very open because my manager came out not long after me and sort of said that he was having issues too. And he sort of shared a lot of his story. So that's kind of created a real safe environment within my changing room. Other changing room won't be the same. And it yeah. will still, players will still be struggling and feeling like they can't do it. And I think that's okay as well. Like That's just where we are right now in the world. Like We can't mm. change that overnight. But while society changes, football will change and catch up with it eventually. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if we'll ever get rid of that whole especially in football where it is so much about you can't show weakness you can't have injury like you get criticised for having a hamstring injury from football so you're sure as hell going to get criticised for having like a, a, an injury mentally so yeah and then obviously if you look at professional ranks you have people who say but he earns 30 grand a week so what has he got to be what's depressed problem, about or yeah. <laughs> what's his issue and stuff like that I don't think we'll ever get rid of that that's an education thing and I don't think I think that'll always be there we can minimise it by educating people, but there'll always, there'll always be a date in the world, let's be fair. So, Aaron, are you okay to talk us through um, what you went through over the past year? When I talk about that story, it like, just go blank because I've spoken about it so much. But, I mean, from, I think, probably early April 2019 last year, I started to not feel good again. I think the last time I'd, I was in the year, I'd sort of shared for the first time. And that's the first time I'd spoken openly two years ago. And the two years since then, I've said it to gal a few times but it was so difficult because I wasn't ready I wasn't ready to share I thought I was and I was convinced I was but everything that came off the back of that I was just it made it really difficult so I had to go away and rebuild myself again and then upon doing that you know got to April last year and it came back and I call it my dark cloud but it came back and I let it rain on me and I didn't put the umbrella up and I know it sounds stupid but I didn't I didn't do the, all the things mm. that I'm sitting here telling people to do because I just felt like if I've been over this course before I've had all these false dawns before like why am I going to go through it again so it was just over a, a course of about two or three weeks and unfortunately Siobhan had just had an operation so she'd been bed bound for two weeks 
And that was just, I'm a victim of circumstance. I'm like, I can't go to her and say that I've got this going on again. Having, and by the way, she would kill me for even thinking that because she's never going to step away. But that was just where my mind took me and I was like, yeah. I can't put this on her again. So that instantly broke my support system. And when that support system was broken, my thing is to self-loathe. That's my first thing is to start to hate myself, is to start to say that I wasn't good enough in football. My career's not going well enough, even though it was like, oh, that's, I'm not a good enough father. Mm-hmm. That's just where my mind goes and it goes there very quickly. So I sort of convinced myself, look, if I can keep going to work, I'll be all right. So I started working 15, 16, 17 hour days. I was end up, I was stay, I work in Edinburgh, so I would just be staying in a hotel there rather than travel home because I was working that many hours. And that's where going back to that isolation. Yep. Yeah. You really don't have support in a hotel. <laughs> yep. So I'm in the hotel alone. I'm not going to football anymore. I'm not seeing my wife and my son anymore. My wife's bed bound and I feel like I can't speak to her about it. And that just, that just, it's like a, it just culminates and then it just got to the point where I was like, for three or four days I was contemplating suicide. And I was like, that's, I think this is the way to go. And I wasn't even smart enough to look at my life insurance documents and see that they don't pay out for suicide. So I'm sitting in my mind going, Sean will get like 400 grand, they'll be fine. She, she'll be able to set up a new life. Her and Rudy can go buy a nice house and they'll be fine. And that sounds, that's the genuine, is the mindset of what, where I was. And then on the 26th of April, the Friday, I just woke up ironically in a hotel and I just went, nah, this is me. Today's the day. And I felt relief. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds bad and I apologise for people who find that hard to hear, but I was genuinely relieved that I had made my decision and that was me I was going. Yeah. And uh, I have got through my working day, probably didn't do a whole lot. I remember just being, just, I remember sitting in a meeting and I spoke about before, like just taking the piss of my boss and stuff because like nothing mattered anymore. Everyone, mm. I was going and that was it. So there was no consequence for me and a friend was leaving work so I went to a night out and Siobhan had like noticed something wasn't right. So she was like begging me to come home. Now if Siobhan tells me to do something, I usually do it. But I'm like, I turned that. I'm not coming home. I'm going out. Mm-hmm. And that was so out of character. So she kind of knew something wasn't right. Um, to the point where she nearly drove through Edinburgh to get me, but I didn't. And uh, I left the night out. And um, I've obviously struggled with this for years. So I've I've got plans. Like I've known in my head how I was going to do it, depending on where I was. Yeah. So I knew where I was going. I knew what to do. And uh, and I swear, like, I just went to walk out. And. I don't know what it was. It was just like, I heard my son's voice just screaming at me, Daddy, and I was, and that was just enough for me to stop in that second. And then I had to rethink, and I, I didn't know what it was, and I was all over the place. And it was my decision was just like, how do I keep myself safe? Because mm. my mindset hadn't changed, and I was still, my decision was still made. But I, it was just like this isn't fair, and I went on a crazy bus journey like Edinburgh to Glasgow like three times or something and I busted Aberdeen I got I remember getting to Glasgow and I was like where's the, where's the next bus and how far is it going because I'll be safe mm. for however many mm. hours that takes mm. and went to Aberdeen eventually got back and I'd sent Siobhan a goodbye mm. message so I was reporting, reporting missing and stuff Um, and uh, someone spotted me on the bus so when I got back to Glasgow at about seven or something like that and basically, police basically arrested me and took me to hospital. Right. And looking back on it now, like I'm so grateful. And but and it was hard. I, I spent a month in Levondale. Levondale is not a place that anyone wants to go. Trust me, it's a very very difficult environment. And not only was I in the psychiatric unit, I was then put in the ICU unit of the psychiatric mm-hmm. department. So I'm in there with. It's almost like 
it's not jail, but it's close to it. Like you can only go to bed when you're allowed. You can only eat when there's meal times and stuff like that. I didn't see you outside for two whole weeks, um, just because the in fact the staff it's nearly one staff per patient because it's just that's how tough a place it is. And uh, I just remember getting outside for the first time about twelve, thirteen days in, and um, that was the moment. That was just the moment where I was just like it was like the middle of May by this point maybe, and. Uh, it was sunny, and that was the minute. Where I've still got a picture on my phone, and I look at it every so often. I sent it into every group chat I'm in. And um, that was the moment where I just went, I need to do more here, because mm. I, I, I know the answer. I know, and I have known for years when I feel down what to do, but I just succumbed to it, and I just mm. let it happen. And I didn't I didn't fight back, I didn't challenge it. I just like rolled over and let it take control and like I said I didn't put my umbrella up like I knew it was raining and I didn't I just let it rain on me do you know what I mean like yeah whereas now I think I don't think I was allowed to him I don't know if I'm going to say never I don't know but I, I've, I've learned so much in that time and I've been through so much and I'm so grateful now and I look at my son and Siobhan every day and I just go thank whoever I need to thank I'm still here like yeah. I was yeah. honestly I was so close I, people might not fully understand it but I, I was very close to being mush on a train track and that's mm. That's the harsh reality of suicide. That's yeah. That's it. It's not nice to hear, and I don't want it to be nice to hear because I want to stop people from doing it. Like yeah, you are you will rob people of you, and you'll rob yourself of the opportunity to live a life. Yeah, and life's hard, man, but it's worth living. Trust me. Yeah, and obviously, like that's a hugely powerful story that you tell. Um, but the thing that I think of when you're telling one of the things that occurred to me when you're telling it is the sort of small margins. You know, it's, it's these it. little moments and these little things that happen or you do or you decide and it, it sp- doesn't take much. I speak to people a lot about that and and just how it can change in an instant and how one little thing could just change the course of your life. Mm-hmm. And like, and that's why I, I'm trying to put a message like, this wasn't easy, this isn't, even today it's not easy for me. Like I wake mm-hmm. up every morning, I look at positive quotes for half an hour every morning because that's what I need to do to get myself going. Like, yeah. yeah, I do shit like that, and I never thought I would be that. Excuse my language. I never thought I'd be that guy. I always thought that's American hippie nonsense, blah blah blah. <laughs> but like, I need to do that to set yeah. myself up for the. And then I'll share something. On and Twitter. it's like you've kind of learned what those things are mm-hmm. for you. And like you say about putting your umbrella up, even when you know it's. Yes, yeah, so but... I've learned my coping mechanisms and the tools that I need to do and what mm-hmm. I need to do daily, and it's. It's not easy, and trust me, I'm saying suicide isn't the answer. That doesn't mean that life's going to be easy for you, and you're going to wake up and it's going to be fine. You're in for a battle if you're dealing with this, trust me. Yeah. But it's a battle worth it, and it's a battle where if you talk about it and you have people to trust, people will get people will have your back. Mm. Fuck, I'll have your back. Speak to me. Like if if you feel like that, trust me. Get in touch. I promise you, I'll I'll be your corner. I'll be in your corner. Yeah. And so will many other people because we just can't we can't keep losing lives at the rate we're losing them. We just mm. can't do it. It's just. I wake, I wake up and I read a story and I don't even know people and I read people killing themselves and it breaks my heart because I know how close I came. But I also know the other side that, I had to, I've got to say, I see this as a second opportunity. The first 27 years of my life I lived and now from that point onwards it's like a second opportunity. Yeah. And I'll do whatever whatever I can to try and help people. But yeah, you need to help yourself, unfortunately. But And the, so the, the journey from... from that moment or those months to kind of where you are now and I take it you and your wife have kind of almost taken that journey and your family just together well, right, to... it's, it sounds it sounds crazy and it, it sounds dark but going through that like brought us closer together yeah. everything that we 
we had a bit of a fight, always we had a great relationship and she's my best friend and always was. But going through that together and now doing the work with Time to Tackle together and bringing everything together, it's really allowed us to be a much stronger unit. And it and it's allowed us to be a lot more honest to each other as well. Like, it's just, I'm not going to share relationship details, but it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's allowed us to just have that more honest conversation because we both know what's at stake and what has been at stake in the past and stuff that we couldn't talk about, we now can talk about. And that's just what's happened through my experience and I've spoken to people who have survived suicide attempts as well and like they, they, they feel the same like it cha- it's changed my life and it's changed my life for the positive and it's I know it's a hard story to hear but it's also like I can give hope mm-hmm. and if that's what you take away from hearing this then amazing yeah. like build on it use it however you can use it but trust just trust in me that I know like ending your life isn't ever 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 going to end any of the suffering or pain you're just going to pass on and that's like you said it is you know it's a hard story to hear but also like and thank you so much for sharing it with us but um that's the other thing is that maybe people haven't heard this people's stories like that from that perspective a a lot so it's really hugely valuable for some people who might need to hear someone who's gone through something like that and kind of come out the other side in the way that you have yeah i think so i think I mean, a lot of people say stuff, I get uncomfortable with it when people say inspiration and stuff, because like, it just feels like my life, and it is just my life. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like the walk and talk group that I walked in London with, I mean, a couple of them have had really harrowing stories as well. And see, to hear that, like, from me, the other side, listening to their story, mm. like, that gives me hope. And if I can give that back to people, then that's the least I can do for, like, I've had so much help. I didn't get to this point alone. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of people have jumped in and helped me when I needed it. And that's what will happen for most people. Most people in the, in the world are good and are compassionate and yeah. have an understanding. So people will try and help you. And I just want to try and give that back because I know I've got it at the touch of a phone now. I know mm-hmm. I've got great support and great networking place. And if I can help other people set that up, then fantastic. So we can hopefully encourage a few more people to come along to the projects that you're running. Hopefully. Sign up for the walk. Yeah. 2nd of February. 2nd of February? 2nd of February. And... An exclusive. Um, we're also doing a walk with the Walk and Talk group. Uh, we're taking on a bigger challenge, so we're going to walk from Celtic Park to Livingston on the fourth of March. Okay. Um, so that's going to be. I think that's like thirty-two miles. Um, so again, the premise and the ethos is the same as about getting people out, come and take on a challenge with us, come and meet people who've yeah. who've struggled and uh, and come and join it. Like I promise, it's, it's such an amazing experience. It's so. Yeah. It's so rewarding at the end. Some of the stories that you'll hear from people and some of, and some of other people's experiences will give you hope, will help you. And it's a little bit of exercise. It isn't too yeah. testing. Just the, just a 32 mile. Just a 32, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, a little, just a little bit of exercise. How many marathons is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, obviously time to tackle was Wednesday evenings in Glasgow. Wednesday, uh, Glasgow Green Football Centre, 7 o'clock till 9. Um, yeah. And the Edinburgh one will be on Mondays. Will there be soup in Edinburgh as well? There will be. I'm trying to work out the logistics of that still, (laughs) but we promise to get soup on, maybe not for the first one, but ongoing. (laughs) Maybe some of our listeners in Edinburgh could pitch up with a big pot of soup, maybe that would be... By the way, if anyone wants to turn up with a fresh soup just on your first night, man, it would totally warm the group to you. (laughs) Right, there we go. You would be the The most popular instantly. Amazing. Um, Yeah, Erin, it's great. Thanks for sharing your story, man. It's it's, Honestly, it's, it's... I think everyone here's got a lump in our throat, but I mean, I don't. I, you can't underestimate how important it is to talk about this. And and if even one person listening to this 
is able to change their situation, then then it's a huge success. So thanks a lot. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, it's been nice for me. Obviously, I first spoke out in the ninety minutes, and it was nice to come back in a different part of my life and speak about it again. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and have been. Um, so I love what you guys are doing. It's great to just have. It's great when people have such platforms and give it to something good like this. Like it's it's really heartwarming. It really restores your faith in humanity, which can be challenging at times, but. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Well, thanks, Aaron, and thank you very much, Paul. Hi, that was that was a lovely way to spend an evening. And, uh, I'm not even sure if I introduced myself at the beginning, but you might recognise my voice, and I'm Claire Wilde. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.